0: I was told a truth years ago when I first began preaching. And the truth was this. Your church community's soul will be revealed to newcomers before you ever preach a word. Now, I'm not sure how this translates into the new world of online worship. But you can feel A sense of whether a church community reflects Jesus Christ's core values of inclusivity, compassion, simply by the way that you are received and welcomed or not. We're beginning a worship series that I've put together on Lessons from the Black Church. And I hope that over these next few weeks, you'll learn some stories that maybe you haven't heard before stories that challenge, stories that changed the world. In the same year that the Revolutionary War ended in these United States, the promise of freedom from tyranny, that that promise was a beacon of hope to slaves from Africa, a promise then denied by the, the politics that shaped the original constitution which to this day still reads that a black man counts as three-fifths of a person. Now, although there are later amendments which change the law, that is still what it says.
1: You are all God's children through faith in Christ Jesus. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, it was neither slave nor free, nor is there no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus.
0: The Methodist movement in this nation right away declared that it was opposed to slavery, and that was bold and appreciated. Right away, you see black people Flooding into Methodist churches all over in Charleston, South Carolina, which was very much a slave state at that time. The Methodist church in Charleston in 1817 had about the same number of white members as this church community, right around 300 or so. There were 5,400 black members. 5,400. So, wow, inclusivity. I I think Jesus was on to something with that. There was a man named Richard Allen, and Richard had been born a slave, and when he was 17 years old, he heard this message of inclusivity preached from the Methodist movement and he became part of that movement. Now, the white man who thought that he owned Richard Allen also heard these messages, and he became Methodist too, and he allowed Richard to officially purchase his freedom. By God's inspiration and his own hard work, Richard Allen was declared free in the same year as the Battle of Yorktown was fought. And then he moved to Philadelphia and he joined St. George's Methodist Episcopal Church in Philadelphia, it's still there to this day. It was a church community in which black and white people worshiped together. A historical piece of trivia, Richard Allen's manumission paperwork is the first public manumission document in this nation's history. Kind of a side note. Anyway, Richard Allen was inspired by the very same ideals of freedom that sparked the American Revolution. And he began to preach at St. George Church. And he fervently hoped that white and black people would come together for the struggle for freedom from tyranny. And that that would unite these United States in common cause. It didn't happen. In 1792, there is an incident on a Sunday morning that changed the world. Now, the preachers at St. George Church, black and white, they were united in their opposition to slavery and in their devotion to Christ's value of inclusivity. You can can sense a church community's soul before a preacher ever says a word. Richard Allen's friend, Absalom Jones, while he is praying, he was confronted by a white person in the congregation who told him that he needed to go sit in the a word that I hope is never uttered in the sanctuary, or really anywhere else for that matter,
1: in those pews. The truly happy person doesn't follow wicked advice, doesn't stand on the road of sinners, and doesn't sit with the disrespectful. Instead of doing these things, these persons love the Lord's instruction, and they recite God's instructions day and night. They are like a tree replanted by streams of water, which bears fruit at just the right time and whose leaves don't fade.
0: Psalm number one. That day, Richard Allen and his friend Absalom Jones decided not to sit with the disrespectful. They got up and left, along with the black members, and they replanted themselves in a new black church community that they called the Free African Society. A century later, W.E.B. Du Bois, the founder of the NAACP, called this moment the first wavering step of a people toward organized social life. This was a pivotal moment that led to the end of slavery and the continuing work for equity in this nation. Richard Allen and Absalom Jones Congregation, they built a sanctuary, and they called it Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church. And maybe maybe that name sounds a little familiar to you. And you might recall, if you've been around for a few years, that Sunday where we did not worship in this building, this is prior to COVID, and we joined our sisters and brothers to worship at Bethel AME Church in Kansas City. That moment, on a Sunday morning, sparked by some prejudiced jerk, it led to the first black Christian denomination in the world. And I don't know whether to cheer or cry about that. But here's something I know. God can take the most wicked, hurtful things that we human beings can do to each other and use them to save. I remember the story of Joseph being sold into slavery by his own brothers and then imprisoned with the threat of death always over him. And even after all that, when Joseph's brothers were at his mercy, Joseph said this.
1: You planned something bad for me, but God produced something good from it in order to save the lives of many people, just as he's doing today. Now, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. So he put them at ease and spoke reassuringly to them. Friends, I know this story. This is the story of
0: resurrection. This is when you take the most hurtful, wicked instrument of torture and death and use it to demonstrate that love never
1: dies. We preach Christ crucified, which is a scandal to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom. This is because the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Human pride in our power,
0: our technology, our cleverness, all that is nothing but foolishness without a spirit of love without the power of resurrection at work in our world the Methodist Church once split divided the church over the question of slavery and and it's splitting again over the question of the inclusivity of the LGBTQ people but in these splits even as ugly and as hurtful as they were God's Holy Spirit is never down. Never count her out. The white church in these United States needed the black church. Absolutely. And here's why. Because the focus in so many Anglo-European church traditions had become about arguing about correct doctrine, about who had the right belief. And so they would argue about how God wanted communion served or the proper way to baptize or the proper way to organize committees. God have mercy. The focus that Richard Allen had with the African Methodist Episcopal churches was about justice. When your congregation, when your church community consists of people who believe that they are owned by another person, whose lives are controlled. That focuses you real quick. The AME Church, along with Black Baptist churches, developed a way of looking at the world through the lens of human dignity, of justice for all. And those, those church communities, they inspired their white sisters and brothers to share that Jesus-centered focus. God took the terrible, wicked things that a, a prejudiced jerk said one Sunday morning and used them for a movement that would eventually end slavery and speak out for civil rights in this nation. The focus on human dignity, on inclusivity, is our inheritance from that awful Sunday morning. Now in two weeks, you will have the opportunity to keep that focus alive by meeting with Kansas legislators as part of our justice work with Kansas Interfaith Action, which I actually just learned this last week that Pastor Michael actually used to work for KIFA. How cool is that? I didn't know about that. I've got the information on screen right now about how you can just click to register to take part in that right now. God's Spirit is alive and well. And she is working through Christ church still. Will you join me right now in a, a prayer thanking God for that? Holy Spirit, you call together this thing we call Church not a place, but a movement in this world based in the values and the teachings of Jesus. Use your power of resurrection to take even our worst moments, our stupid decisions, and use them to save lives. Use the power of your inspiration to move us to stand up for a better world, God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, And use us. Use us as instruments of your love to lift every voice and sing.